this week, uh, we've had some conversation around whether tiny shelters can fight homelessness uh, here in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's previous council approved the pilot project for the tiny shelters in February of 2022. Uh, they had allocated about $1.5 million for the two-year initiative. Now, each one of these tiny homes are about 100 square feet, and they're meant to uh, to be equipped with heat and air conditioning, power space for two people, and to lock the door. Now, there's been delay in regards to getting these houses up and running, uh, but we are told they will. There was a bit of a delay. Uh, now, we're not the first jurisdiction, actually, uh, to look at uh, tiny homes. We're joined now by Jerry Mayor, Jud- Jerry Mayor Judson, our contributor, Jerry uh, other parts of the country have actually looked at this. Oh, yeah. It's uh, huge, specifically in Ontario. There's all of sort of the major population centers. Uh, specifically, Hamilton is really big into having these like tiny shelters made available, these communities for people who are not currently sheltered. Uh, Kitchener, I think Peterborough, Windsor, uh, no, sorry, Waterloo, um, all kinds of places, specifically in Ontario, have these kinds of settlements. So I did talk to Tony D'Amato Stortz. He is uh, the founder of an organization called Better Street. And Better Street consults with organizations who help out those experiencing homelessness. So he's worked with uh, the Hamilton Association for Tiny Shelters. And I asked him about how many communities he's helped set up. There's communities being set up right now in Hamilton and in Peterborough. There's a community in Kitchener and another one in Waterloo. And there's projects on the go as well in Toronto, Belleville, Winnipeg, and more kind of being born every couple of weeks. Of course, like you're based in Ontario, so you're, it, it makes sense that you have, uh, that your organization set up these communities more so in Ontario. Is there any talks about doing anything like that in British Columbia? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in contact with some folks who were interested in doing some work on Vancouver Island. I also took a trip out to Vancouver last year to sort of see what was going on there. I visited Crab Park and did some time in East Hastings as well just to sort of understand the problem because, you know, Vancouver is one of the cities that is struggling with this the most publicly. So I just, I wanted to have some boots on the ground. So there's definitely interest in in BC and there's some conversations, just nothing started yet. Okay, good, good. I'm, uh, I'm really glad to hear that. It's, Cool, too, that it's very much supportive housing as well. It's not just here are structures and here is a fixed address for a moment. Figure it out. It's it's great that, uh, yeah, there seem to be supports for these folks in your villages as well. Wraparound services are essential. We talk a lot about housing first, and I think that there's a lot of benefit to that idea. But the question we don't ask often enough is, okay, what second? You get somebody into a place where they're safe and they have a locking door and temperature control and a safe place to be. But how do you continue to wrap that person in the health, mental health, job training, therapeutic supports that will help them become the best version of themselves as they define that, right? Not as we define that. That's very extra dignified. I'm buoyed to hear that that you've been out here, out this way, and that it is... The wheels are slowly turning. Absolutely. And you hit exactly the right word. Dignity is the name of the game in this line of work. So beginning, middle and end all has to come from a place of dignity and real respect for the person and the people who you're doing this for and with.
I love that that is the the central tenet because this whole um, idea to to reach out and talk to you guys was because there was a an encampment um, that was like that the city came in and, and evicted these people. It was just visually striking, I guess, because there were so many propane tanks that people might have been used for using for heating outdoors, and that like is cited as yep. a safety concern. But it's like, well, maybe when you remove the dignity part, it's like, well, then people, of course, are going to scramble, and if you have to be outdoors. It's like, well, they're trying to make yourself more comfortable. Safety be damned because there's no dignified housing available, right? One term that goes hand in hand with that for me is real options, right? Let's say there's 2,000 people unsheltered in Vancouver. I'm, I'm making the numbers up. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's 2,000 people unsheltered in Vancouver and the city opens a massive warehouse with 2,000 cots and then says, we've solved unsheltered homelessness. That may be an option on paper, but it's not a real option for no. people who are experiencing it, right? When you clear an encampment and when you get rid of all those things like i agree propane tanks you know can be dangerous like open flame heating sources are dangerous but people don't have any other real options too often we ask ourselves the wrong question we say this is dangerous it has to be removed but we don't say well what's this person actually going to do without this and i think if we could start from asking those kinds of questions then the dignity comes back into the piece. And that's, that's where I get a lot of hope from, is that we've been trying to solve this problem with a toolbox, essentially, from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Kitchens and shelter beds in the basements of churches and cots on the floor. There, there is innovation happening in this space, but not at the scale it has to. And I'm, I'm optimistic that if we can bring new thinking and new models and new ideas to this problem, and then the resources to match we can solve this. Like it, it's a solvable problem. It's just one that we've dragged our feet on for too long. So in this case, I'm just trying to imagine this, um, the, the site themselves beyond the, the tiny homes, mm-hmm. you would have washroom f- facilities, oh, yeah. potentially a kitchen. Totally. Right. And, yeah. uh, and as Tony was saying there, there would be wraparound services. So there'd be nurses available, mm-hmm. mental health workers, yep. perhaps to help you find uh, employment yep. and permanent housing. Exactly. So the question, I think, the next question would be, where would you find a place like that in Vancouver? That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? Is the the challenge is the where. The easy part, um, Tony was saying in a, in, a, in a part of our chat that like, the easy part is building the structures. That's great okay. and fine, but it's it's then the um, finding the organizations to work with, to to partner with, to to build these, uh, to to get the materials, to get the zoning, to get the just sort of like manpower oh, the approval, and the and approval the, to do from it. Not just exactly. official them, but a neighborhood, right? No, exactly. And That's the a, thing. And the second issue, one could argue, or at least discuss here, is. Are you institutionalizing a new type of housing that just it becomes permanent, but it doesn't solve the core issue, right? Uh, and, and, and as much as I, I get where he's coming from, yeah. how do you sell that to a neighborhood and say, look, we're going to put up some tiny homes in this area mm-hmm. with a wraparound service. And the first thing they're going to ask is, well, how long is it going to be there? And if you say, well, a couple of years, maybe five years, mm-hmm. or it'll help deal with the issue on a permanent basis, mm-hmm. that's a much harder sell. That is true. Um, it's it take it takes a unique approach to get people to say yes. Actually, in my backyard, because yes. it's like, it, it, it yeah, it's it's it can be a big ask for sure. Um, especially yeah, just the perceptions of what it would be like to have uh, one of these communities very close by. But I think that um, I think like. 
it's it's the it's the addition of dignity and additional services mm-hmm. i think that really take away what people might be afraid of um in terms of having a community like this and so this conversation about tiny homes in mm-hmm. vancouver is still the physical structure mm-hmm. they haven't talked about wraparound services if they're going to be around mm-hmm. and some of these other facilities yeah. uh, you know a kitchen potentially or even just a place to clean your clothes, all those types of things, wash your clothes, all that sort of thing. So Mm. that's still part of the broader conversation that has to occur. No, absolutely. It's, it's complicated, but it's interesting. It is working, it seems in some neighborhoods or some, some communities in Ontario. Lots of success elsewhere. We just gotta, we gotta think innovatively in this space. We gotta not, you gotta use a different toolbox. It's not from the 1930s. Absolutely.